This episode is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. If you're looking for a superhero-themed mobile game, look no further. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Your goal is to power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes like Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. The game is currently celebrating its 6 year anniversary, and they're letting new users in on the celebration by providing free stuff, courtesy of our unique link in the show notes. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses, and if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all of the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code, so new users can follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Thanks to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc hello everyone and welcome to slash film daily today is wednesday december 27th 2023 on today's episode of the show i'm going to present a conversation that i had with cinematographer jamie ramsey about his new movie all of us strangers My name is Ben Pearson. I'm an editor at SlashFilm.com. And yes, All of Us Strangers is one of my favorite movies of this year. It is just an absolutely gorgeous movie. Andrew Scott stars in this film. He plays a guy named Adam, who is a screenwriter living in a high-rise in London that is largely empty, except for a fellow tenant named Harry, played by Paul Mescal. Mescal? Mescal? Anyway, uh, great actor. He is uh, basically trying to write this story about his parents who died before he was a kid, but when he visits his childhood home, something extraordinary happens. His parents, who were played by Claire Foy and Jamie Bell, are still living in this house, and they're still the same age as they were when they died. So in this really surreal way, Adam, now older than his parents ever were, gets the opportunity to have these conversations with them that he always wanted to but never actually did. And it is a beautiful, emotionally potent, gorgeous movie And uh, I jumped at the chance to talk with Jamie Ramsey about it. He's the cinematographer. He's worked on movies like Living, the film from uh, last year that starred Bill Nighy. He also worked on See How They Run, the murder mystery starring Sam Rockwell and Saoirse Ronan. And back in the day, he was actually the director of photography for the documentary unit of District 9. So that was was many years ago at this point. Uh, Andrew Haig is the director of this movie, the writer and director. He's worked on films like 45 Years and Lean on Pete. 
and TV shows like Looking, The OA, and The North Water. Um, I'm not super familiar with his work as a, a filmmaker, but man, I was just really, really blown away by all the strangers. So when I sat down with Jamie Ramsey over Zoom, we spoke about the happy accidents that can happen sometimes on a set, the most difficult scene for him to capture, uh, the process of shooting on 35 millimeter film, and how he worked with this incredible cast. So here is my conversation with Jamie Ramsey. Okay, uh, so first of all, congratulations on the movie. I was very moved by it. Um, I want to start by asking you, when you read a script for the first time, are you picturing shots and camera moves in your head or does that come later for you? Um, no, when I first read a script, I, it's never as specific as that for me. You know, my, my, my first reading of a script is is kind of the, the, the sort of the birthing of the feeling of the movie, you know, so I, I, I never want to sort of stop and start. And, and, and you know, I, I purposely don't even write anything down initially because I, I, I want to just give it a, a really like an intuitive, holistic look in the beginning. But but that first reading is is so important for me because that that truly is when, um, you know, out of darkness, a, a feeling for the film is born. And and it's it's that feeling that 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 allows me to either believe in the fact that I can join the project and 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 kind of put all all of myself into it or not, and and then it's also that feeling that um, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, it's a feeling that dictates uh, ultimately uh, you know how how the the thought process goes in order to figure out those kind of that sort of language. Gotcha. Can you tell me what your experience was like reading this script and talking with Andrew about the visual approach that he had in mind for the story? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I had the, I had the, the good fortune of having quite a lot of time up front with Andrew. Um, and it, it had something to do with, you know, um, I guess our, our period during sort of post COVID and, and just being able to have, you know, fairly, um, a fairly generous run up, but we spent a lot of time together very passively meeting for coffee, meeting at his place, um, and really, firstly, just getting to kind of know him, and and also just getting to know the script and the characters, and and you know just speaking for hours and hours, um, and, and just tossing ideas around between us. And you know the wonderful thing about Andrew is that you know he's got a he's got a very specific and educated position on 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 how he sees a film, but it's not prescriptive in the sense that you know he knows exactly how the visuals want you know how the visuals should be or how how it should look so so i guess our courting phase with regards to the you know the concept was you know hours and hours of talking and just figuring out what felt right in certain moments what sort of language felt right um you know um the idea of you know um you know shooting on 35 mil came up quite early um, on in those in those talks because it became really obvious that you know a movie like this needed to have um, it, it needs to have a, a piece of like nature to it 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 it, it had to it had to feel um, you know sort of as if it came from the ground in a way like it had to it had to have a, a slightly nostalgic feel it had to almost be almost be alive in a sense you know so yeah those those conversations happened um, you know and you know obviously Andrews is a wonderful helmsman you know so. You know, he would always he would always sort of guide this this myriad of ideas that would come out of these conversations into the right point, and I think that's definitely a mark of a wonderful director. Did you look at any particular movies or TV shows as touchstones or inspirations for what you were trying to do here? Do you know, um, we we didn't overtly look at at at, at sort of vis- at sort of like content in that sense, but there was 
um, there was one movie that we we, we sort of circled around, um, and it was um, Cries and Whispers, you know, which which obviously um, you know at its time was 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 quite groundbreaking in terms of its visual style. But you know, there, there was something about that movie that 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 felt really. Um, it felt organic, but it, you know, it, it it certainly had a style. But it, it, you know, it was a way of exploring a scene and allowing the hand of the cameraman to be a, a paintbrush in a sense, in terms of the operating and the way the lens moved and the way the camera moved. And 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 you know, for us that was important because you know, ultimately with you know with um, with the way Andrew worked is is you know, whenever he was directing actors, I would I would, I would pay such close attention because ultimately he was directing me, so I would understand. I would understand how that how that how that scene should move and how it should feel, and and you know the the, the sort of camera language that Cries and Whispers used, you know it was it was a good reference point for us because it it you know it certainly did the same thing and you know I think ultimately you know it, it became I guess a signature of the movie. Well, you mentioned the actors there and the relationship between actors and a cinematographer is extremely important. And I was curious if you could tell me about working with this quartet of excellent actors, because like, did you need to adjust to the different ways that each of them worked? How how did that work for you? Um, You know, what what I will say with regards to that is, is, um, you know, it's, it's one of the most important things for me as a, as a DOP who likes to operate is to create a, a sort of a bubble of comfort, uh, you know, with with the cast, you know, which which comes in, you know, obviously in the lead up to the film where you where you meet the cast and you you first get to know them, and it's you know because you know ultimately as an operator you're the closest person to the cast member, closer than anybody else besides perhaps the other cast. So it's it's so important to have an energy and a and a feeling around you that 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 allows them a safe space to and a trust to do what they need to do, and there's also like a hallowed experience that happens between you and cast in in wonderful moments where you can see them going somewhere, you can feel it, and 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 you and you and you allow them to do it, and and then they give you more, and you you kind of work off each other. And, you know, there's great, you know, the, often a, a, a cast member will look up to you first and be like, "How was that?" And you're like you know, that was fucking great, you know, well done. Or, you know, um, so yes, there's the, you know, there's a trust and then, you know, there's an honesty that, you know, that, that, that needs to happen between operator and, 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 and cast. And I think, you know, Andrew's the kind of director who is all for that, you know, and, um, you know, f- feels, I think feels safe to, to allow that relationship to happen. And, and I think in doing so there's, there's definitely an authenticity to, you know, to the relationship and the moments that come across. Could you pinpoint different acting styles or different needs from the different performers? I mean, all four of the the main quartet of actors here are just like unbelievable in this movie. And I think a lot of that has to do with, like you said, the environment that you guys created to allow them to to do some of their best work. And I was, I was wondering if, you know, one person needed 10 takes to ramp up and get to where they needed to be, whereas another person only needed one take and they were, you know, right out of the gate or, or anything like that. If you could tell me, you know, sort of what your experience was like watching these people work so closely. Yeah. You know, I, I think it, what was interesting is, you know, uh, I think yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Andrew Scott's a, a method actor, but I, I certainly, I certainly observed him um, become more and more, the character you know that was on the page in a sense and you know um whereas like you know paul mescal you know he's he's got he's got a way more playful um energy to him so you know whenever there was the scenes with the two of them you would have um 
a slightly somber, melancholic presence of of, of Andrew, um, and then you'd have Paul who would come into the room, and you know he he'd be so curious about what was going on, and he would ask questions, and you know, um, and you know Andrew Andrew beautifully allowed him that space, and 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 ultimately when they were in the scene together, they they would they would they would play they would play off each other, um, and you know obviously, you know ultimately it's Andrew's it's Andrew's film. Um, so whenever the other actors came into um, into the theatre of play, all of them were super respectful about you know joining the joining the process and 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 you know and ultimately I can actually attribute that to the way um, Andrew Haig um, sets the sets the tone on his set you know because you know it's it's a tone of 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 respect it's a warm tone it's a tone of of um, sort of best idea first and creativity first. Um, so I, I think um, you know when, when when somebody comes into that energy, they've got no other choice really than to than to join it. So so yeah, that was um, you know a really beautiful experience to to have. Yeah, that's great. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Fifty. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What kind of juxtapositions did you talk about in terms of the look of the movie when Andrew Scott's character is in his apartment versus when he returns home and interacts with his parents? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, we're we're kind of we're kind of dealing with the obvious of 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 sort of real life versus surreal this kind of surreal experience that he has, and you know, um, it was for, for me, it was quite important to deal with it as subtly as possible and and that that was also um you know a, a strong note that came from andrew um you know he never wanted anything to be particularly overt so what we wanted to do was you know that that the the apartment we we wanted to create quite a stark real feel which is you know inherent to sort of these high-rise new builds and cityscapes you know there's there's a coldness to them there's a starkness to them that that doesn't feel particularly welcoming and we, you know, we wanted to treat we wanted to treat that um, as close to reality as possible. You know, the lighting fixtures we used, you know, were 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 sort of in the world of LED, and um, you know, obviously we shot on a virtual a virtual backlot, so our our back our backdrop was LED. Um, even though our, our our master acquisition format was thirty five mil, we wanted to sort of differentiate that to the location based stuff. And you know, whenever we went back in time. Um, or, or into the surreal world, um, you know, we sort of opted to use sort of tungsten tungsten lighting, and we opted to use you know tungsten tungsten practicals, and and just treated in a, in a much more so, in a much softer way. Uh, even the way we filtrated the lenses was much softer. But again, not wanting it to be a, a, a particularly obvious um, separation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
this movie is just uh, emotionally devastating on a number of different levels. And those emotional moments, I really think would not be the same without your lighting and camera work to really highlight and frame just the right things at just the right time. So I'm wondering if there is a secret to maximizing the impact of key moments like that from a visual perspective. Ben, you know, it, 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 absolutely. I mean, it, you know, for me, it starts from a deep understanding of 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 of, of what the scene needs and, and what feeling the scene needs you know and that again comes from you know lengthy discussions with the director um and then you know sitting in um sitting in on the on the blocking and the rehearsal for me is is vital because you know a scene can evolve so drastically in that phase because now you've got a multitude of of, of heads coming together and figuring out the, the way to do it so in in the process of blocking and rehearsing it becomes way more obvious what the intent of the scene is. And it's very important for me to be present during that phase. And, you know, often you'll look at the director and be like, okay, hold on a second. You know, perhaps the way to do this isn't what we discussed. Maybe we should do something like this. And, and I'm a strong believer in if, if you, if you are honest with yourself and you are, and you, and you know what needs to be done and you, and you're honest with, with everybody around you during that phase, um, what you come up with and what is sort of channeled through you naturally will be the right way to do it, you know, and, and just honestly, just being as reactive as possible to, to, to the mood and the feeling that's coming across, you know, through the performance and through, you know, through the direction and, and sort of acting accordingly. I'm always curious when talking to DPs about like the, how much intentionality goes into matching the thematics of the movie with the visuals of the movie in terms of um, light and shadow and how that plays. And like, are you guys actively thinking about, okay, let's make sure that a shadow casts on this character's face because that represents the inner turmoil that he's going through at this moment. Or is that just all stuff that is sort of, you know, um, applied to the movie afterwards by critics and, and viewers and audiences and things like that? (laughs) <laughs> um, do you know what I mean? There, there, there's always happy accidents, Ben. But but I, I, I I'm I'm a big believer in you create those happy accidents because um, you know you're in, you're you're prepared for them. So you know what what I would say is that you know for instance um, you know there would be a you know let's say for instance a scene in the night in the nightclub where um, you know it's after they've 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 gone to the bathroom and they've taken the ketamine, um, you know and you know we we really wanted the the, the lighting design to transition from sort of heightened club lighting to something that was completely not believable within a club environment. And then, the, you know, there's a, there's a scene where, um, you know, the two of them come together and they kiss and there's this like low angle backlight that comes through them, almost like a heavenly gate that's opened up, you know, and obviously that's not going to be there in a nightclub, but, but, you know, we knew that, you know, I, I, I knew that I wanted the fixtures that could do something like that because I knew there would be this moment and, you know, it sort of came together. And for me, I, I really feel that that moment of them together and pushing in on the zoom of them kissing there, it's, it's, it's for, for me, how you would ultimately imagine that moment to be. So yeah, you know, happy accidents do happen, but I think you, you have to be prepared for them. And you know, that comes with understanding and, and preparation, right? That's awesome. Uh, was there a scene or a moment that proved to be the most difficult for you to capture? Yeah, I think I think one of the one of the hardest scenes, and for me, actually, was one of my favorite scenes, is when um, he, he he leaves the club and he comes home to his parents' house and um, and he climbs in bed with his mom and his dad, um, you know, and after after you know a lot of discussion, Andrew and I we wanted to do it as a single take shot. 
Um, so what was really tough about that is that it was a location. It was Andrew's old parents' house. It was a location in London. The rooms were tiny. The ceilings were super low. And we're shooting on big old 35 mil gear. So it needs proper rigging and proper operation. Um, and, you know, it was really tricky because it was, first and foremost, it was a, a physical ballet between all the cast members. It was a ballet between my my, my amazing grip, Kevin Frazier, uh, to, to move the camera above them silently and as unobtrusively as possible. And then it was me operating the zoom to kind of get out of shots and, and go into clean shots and all of that whilst adding police lights, whilst transitioning into into different moments. So it was like, I think it was like probably like a five minute ballet. And then on top of that, you know, the actors had to perform, you know. So that was really tough because, you know, when 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 actors when actors need to perform, the last thing they want to do is 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 have to do this physical ballet on top of it. But, you know, they all kind of believed and they all bought into it. And 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 I, you know, for me it's ultimately it's one of the most beautiful scenes because it is truly the one that exhibits the tragic loneliness of, of of the story because ultimately there he is alone in bed as a little boy in his pajamas with 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 both of his parents gone and the lover that he thought he had wasn't there anymore so right there and then that's the movie you know yeah absolutely when you look back on making all of us strangers is there a a shot or a moment i guess different from that one that you're personally the most proud of or that like resonated with you the most um let me think. Yeah, I, you know what? I I really love the opening shot of the film, you know, which is um, it's, you know, it's it's basically, you know, you've seen the movie, but it's, you know, it's it's a sunset landscape of, of London um, and the sun happens to catch the glass on a building and, and throw a throw a, um, a, a beautiful glow into the lens. Um, and and ultimately it's 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 on it turns out to be, you know, the reflection in the window and, and you know, the, it, Andrew sort of appears in, in the glass there. And the reason why I love it so much is because the way that that feels is, to me, it exhibits that that bizarre feeling of loneliness in a busy space. You know, the, some, some of the loneliness moments I've ever had is when I've been in the busiest cities in the world. And, you know, you have all of these little spaces and, and, and you have a single person in a window and you look at them off the, st- off the street and you look up, look up at them, them in the window and you wonder, what is that person's life? And then they're looking down and they're probably wondering, you know, and it's, it's, it's you know, it's this kind of, you know, this sort of forced loneliness that busy crowds create. And I, and I just think the metaphor that exists in that shot is beautiful and it's deep. And, it, you know, it's, I think it's probably one of my favorite. Yeah, I love that. Um, is there any anything you can tell me about projects that you have coming up? Uh, anything that you're working on that you're excited about? Um, yeah, so um, um, I've just finished a film called um, William Tell, which is kind of um, very as different to all of us strangers as possibly could be. But it's um, you know it's a period um, sort of um, a period sort of uh, you know. Um, costume drama about the um, emancipation of the Swiss uh, during the Aus- Austrian occupation in the 1400s. So, so it's, 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 it's very, very different. Um, um, but, but it's um, certainly uh, exhibits um, a different side of, of, of a DP skill, you know, in terms of scale and multiple cameras and big scenes and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So it's challenging in its own right. And, and I, and I think it's, I think it's, I think it's going to come out beautifully. Um, and then, yeah, previous to that was um, a, a film I did in, in Los Angeles with an amazing um, director named Hallie, um, Hallie Myershire. And, um, 
you know, it's called Goodrich with Michael Keaton. And, you know, I think, um, I think that's going to be beautiful as well. And, you know, it, that was also a wonderful working relationship too. So yeah, there's a couple coming out and, um, you know, I'm certainly most, most looking forward to seeing um, how the world's audiences um, feel about um, all of us strangers. Yeah, definitely. I'm very excited about it. I'm excited to share it with the Slash Film audience because I think this one, I mean, if it hits people the same way that it hit me, it's going to it's gonna leave uh, a significant mark on folks. So um, I'm excited to, to have had the opportunity to talk to you today and, and thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much. And I just, you know, I, I just love to say as a last thing is that, you know, as filmmakers, especially for me as a DP, my main aim with what I do is, is just to leave that mark in some way, in some moment, in some way. And if, 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 if I've achieved that, then that's success for me. I hope you all enjoyed that. Thank you so much for listening. You can find more about All of Us Strangers at SlashFilm.com. SlashFilmDaily is typically published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Overcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe to our newsletter. There is a link for that in the show notes. Send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at bpearson at SlashFilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple and Spotify. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thanks for listening, and I think we will talk to you tomorrow. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.